If you see these dogs in your front yard, just know upstairs I'm going hard. Bing bong. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, November 22nd. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we've got Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tassie? Got Top Shot Hot Boy ripping them lips. Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, Lily. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, like the vid, make sure you subscribe, comment away, share the show. We got NBA weekend winners and losers. We're going to start with the losers, but first, come on, quick Leela story time. How's it going over there on the other side of the pond, Lelia? How was that, that football match? Ah, what a great day Saturday was. Uh, very few things in life really live up to the absolute and complete hype. Going to a football match at Anfield to watch Liverpool play, did that on Saturday afternoon. I mean, uh, you guys remember I bought some dodgy tickets off a of scalper in New York to watch the next game. They turned out to be fake. I rebought them. They were also fake. Well, I have a new category to add here. Talk about a dodgy transaction. We had paid for tickets in advance. Uncle Trig came through. He paid for tickets in advance. Yeah. The old website said you'll get your tickets electronically delivered a day or so before the game. Mm. Day or so before the game, we didn't have any tickets and uh, there was no response to our inquiries. <laughs> We get a response on WhatsApp saying, uh, this guy, Mick, Mick the Scouse, uh, he's going to meet us outside the ground before the game and give us the tickets. Okay. He's not going to be there before 3 p.m. though. The game was at 5.30. He's not going to be there before 3 p.m. though. So, okay, yeah. 3 p.m., we look at his WhatsApp. He hasn't been on since 10 in the morning. 3.30, still nothing. Uh-oh. Okay, okay. We put out a little feeler. We get a call back from Mick. I'll meet you at this pub, the Park Pub, right over the road from Anfield. <laughs> sure. Four o'clock. Yeah. Four o'clock comes. Make it 4.30. I'm running a little behind. 4.30. I'm running a bit behind. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, like, I'm actually on the website seeing if I can buy these hospitality tickets for the game, like 410 pounds each. I'm thinking, I might pull the trigger here. I might, right. can't be this close to the game and not go in. 4.30 comes. 10 minutes late, he says. I'm 10 minutes late. I'm just like, ah, oh, okay. 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 Trig, and Trig, Uncle Trig's already paid. He's seen the debit hit his credit card already. Like, right. The, the money's been transferred. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, this is an elaborate scam. Anyway, phone rings. <laughs> Out of the blue, Mick says, I'm here. Where are you? Uncle Trig goes and uh, and bumps into this guy. Oh, my God, the dodgiest looking guy. He's got a beanie. He's got a hoodie on. Now, it's a little drizzly and it's dark, but he's got the hoodie on and he's trying not to be seen. He says, all right, you guys, you got Okay, okay, this is how it works. He brings out a mobile phone. He goes, I'm going to give you guys each a mobile phone. This is what you do. No <laughs> <press it> way. <laughs> he goes, he goes you, you, you press the button, you turn it on, you scroll up. You hit Google Play, a ticket will come up, you press view code, and then you show that code and it will let you in, okay? And we went over it like five times. I'm like, hang on, hang on. Let me get my camera out. I want to video this to see exactly what we have to do. He's like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You, you'll be fine. Anyway, so Mick and a couple of his friends, you know, I mean, there's a gang right now. There's probably five of these guys there. They're like, all right, come with me. 
And when you get into the arena, this guy is going to usher you to your seats. I'm like, a scalper, or the touts as they call them over here, who actually ushers you to your seat. I'm like, all right, we're getting arrested or we're not getting in. Something's going down here, no matter. Anyway, so he hands over the mobile phone, sends a quick look around. It's like, all right, let's go. He puts the little hood back on and he's walking through. It's dark, it's drizzly, it's cold. I'm just like, he might just do a runner here and he's left us with a phone that doesn't work. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> gotcha. I know. You got a free phone. <laughs> Me, well, yeah, but it just didn't seem like that. Me no, this just is looking, crazy. Yeah, we're looking at each other just going, what, what, what is going to happen here? Like, what is going on? Anyway, we get there. Quick rehearsal going over the phone again. You know, press the button, swipe up, look for the code and then show the code. And then he goes... You know, then the then Mick sends in uh, me and Trigger and his mate says, "All right, you three go in. He's going to show you to his seat." So I said, "All right, I'm going first because if mine gets rejected, then I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do here." I go in there, green light, Bing, you're in. I just walk in there. I'm like, "Oh my god, we're in!" Bing bong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look around waiting for Trigger to see if it's going to happen for him too. Bing, he's in. And then the other do- the other guy goes through as well. I'm like, oh, okay, we're in. I mean, we're in. Me yeah. and Trigger are like, okay, we're in. We're in. No matter what now, we're in the game. Then the guy's like, okay, give me the phones back. And I'm like, okay, oh. is, he, is he just going to take off now like we're in and just leave us alone? Anyway, he comes up to me and he really kind of like discreetly says, you're in row 16. Uh, you're in seat uh, 36 or, you know, whatever it was yeah, like whatever. that. And, and he goes, it's this way. And then he started going through the crowd like, you know, and I'm like, all right, he's, he's told us some seats and now he's just going to run off. Like, I can see we're going to get there. People will be in the seat. There'll be a big fight. They'll ask for Well, I was going to say, I'm thinking that he's done this to 20 other people sold yeah. the same seat somehow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the way he's going to make it so that you fight right. with them and then the usher comes and no one's actually got a ticket and it's like sure. everyone out. Anyway, we get down there. Seats were vacant. We were there. There was two other guys actually sitting in the other two seats, and they were like, "Oh, did you guys just have a little transaction?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> oh, thank God, someone else did. Anyway, so we got in there, and it was all legit. It was all legit. I mean, it was incredible. Like just up until even before kickoff, I'm just like, "Ah, oh, man, there's an usher's going to come along and just say, all right, those seats, you're out.'" But we were in. The game itself was incredible. It was it was a blowout. Oh, there we the go. End. It took eight minutes and forty five <laughs> yeah, seconds I mean, look, to get to the It was the four nil, game. four nil there to Liverpool. The coaches, yep. uh, Mikel Arteta for Arsenal and Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool, they got into a hold me back fight Ooh, on the nice. sidelines. That was awesome. I heard the uh, the cop singing "You'll Never Walk Alone" before the game. Incredible, like spine tingly moment there listening to. That's their like traditional song. Yeah. Uh, incredible. <laughs> then Mo Salah scored amazing goal for Liverpool and uh, and uh, Jota the uh, Portuguese had an incredible goal. Three goals were scored at the end. We were sitting out in the second half, so it turned into a romp. I had my scarf out. Me and Trigger were waving the scarves around. You'll never walk alone. We want to know at Liverpool what an incredible night it was. It was perfect, perfect night. Even though up until we got into that arena, I was like, yeah. I just don't know if this is going to happen or not. Wow. There it is. What a story. You probably have like another hundred stories from the last oh, 24 yeah. hours in England yeah. too, but we might have uh. to save those for another podcast, Lee. Yeah. I, I yeah. actually thought you were going to talk about the game uh, instead. <laughs> The we game was a sideshow, honestly. Mick the Scouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mick the Scouse. I mean, Mick, Mick was probably 23. He's running a good business, though, I think, because, you know, the tickets he sold for about three times over face value. And uh, he's a member, so he's, you know, he's got these tickets every game. Liverpool are playing really well right now, and uh, he's got a good business going. But I think he's, he's figured it out. I think he's banking on people getting annoyed and just 
you know, not not being there and him just like, all right, well, I was there, you weren't. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Nick Stauskas is... NBA career, not too long, but now he's just selling tickets. <laughs> Mick Scouse. Wow. All right. Well, I'm happy you had a great, uh, great match there. At least you guys got in, like you said. Oh, man. Wow. Welcome to an NBA podcast here, everybody. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time on the stream team, let's get in to uh, some juicy topics that happened in the NBA weekend. We're starting with losers. We usually start with winners tasks, but we got to start with losers. Uh, get us started. Who is your big loser of the NBA weekend? Well, LeBron face-chopped Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart uh, got a little angry with that, and I think he is the big loser this weekend because, number one, he got chopped in the face. He had blood streaming down his face like he was Randy Orton slicing his forehead. It's dripping down his face. He had a chance to go at LeBron, but he passed up the one opportunity, and now he's going to get suspended for far more games than LeBron because he missed that opportunity and he kept going after him and after him and after him and after him and after him when there was about 50 people in the way. So he's the big loser. LeBron's the winner, I think, because he didn't have to deal with Isaiah Stewart. He got lucky and he's going to get less games than Isaiah Stewart, in my opinion. I think LeBron gets one Isaiah Stewart just because he kept going after him and after him and after him. And he forced the PA announcer, John Mason, to say, do not go on the floor. Do not throw things on the floor. He did not want a replay of uh, the Malice of the Palace, obviously. So Isaiah Stewart, I mean, he looks like the bad guy when he's the one who took the shot to the face uh, from LeBron. So I think he's the big loser. And LeBron's the winner. Yeah, look at the blood streaming down there, Isaiah Stewart's face. Okay, so you think both guys ultimately get uh, suspended, but you think Isaiah Stewart's going to get more for how he reacted uh, after the fact. Trey, do you agree with that? Is it going to be equal suspension, no suspensions, or like Tass said, maybe more for Isaiah Stewart there because he uh, went went bonkers? I think both LeBron and Isaiah Stewart will get suspended, and I think they both honestly earned suspensions. LeBron, that's a reckless play. He instigated everything, as we saw with Jokic and Morris. They both got one game, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Did Morris get a game for his? Or was he just you know, he got fine. He just got fine. Got yeah, fine. exactly. So, yeah. Nonetheless, uh, Jokic striking back was the bigger strike. Ergo, he got a game. So I think LeBron will get a game. And I think uh, Beef Stewart's going to get one game as well. Like Tass said, uh, he just keeps going and going. And anytime you're kind of the exacerbator, that is almost looked on as, uh, as poorly as the person who actually instigated the incident. So... I don't know. I mean, I feel like Isaiah Stewart was pretty justified in his reaction. The guy got clocked in the face out of nowhere. He's dripping blood. So obviously he's going <laughs> to be a little upset. Maybe he was more upset than you're hoping. I can see possibly him getting two games, but I think it's a one and one sort of deal here. Yeah, so Isaiah Stewart, he's initially whistled for the loose ball foul on the play. Then they look at the review, Lily. James is assessed a flagrant foul too. He's ejected. Stewart is a... Uh, assessed two technical fouls, he's ejected, and Russell Westbrook for putting the old, uh, put him up, put him up, uh, and maybe <laughs> not, uh, not playing peacemaker there. Yeah, he was called for a technical foul. But yeah, what do you think? Uh, I also tweeted that I think both guys ultimately get one game, though. Yeah, I, could, I had a lot of people tweeting back, no way. Isaiah Stewart's getting way, way more for his reaction 
Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, he didn't really... He wasn't able to do anything other than just go crazy there. Like, he didn't obviously swing at anybody or do anything. So that might save him. But I I think it's a bit of a concern just that he wasn't able to be calmed down at all there. You know, a couple of times he faked out the people who were holding him back and he tried to sort of go, I'm cool, I'm cool. And then as soon as they (laughs) let go of him, he charged around at LeBron. And then when they sort of finally got him into the tunnel, it looked like he was going back all the way, other way around to try to attack the Lakers from there. So I I think he might actually get a second game for that because he seems completely out of control. Now, the actual incident, LeBron's definitely getting a game. There's no way you can hit a guy like that and and have the blood on his face like he did and not get a game. Now, you sort of... You know, I'm not making any excuse for LeBron. He's getting suspended. He didn't need to do that. But you can sort of see him and Stewart, arms tangled, jostling for position there. And I guess LeBron just felt he was being a little bit over the top with how he was sort of elbowing LeBron under the arm there. So maybe that's why LeBron reacted the way he did. It wasn't needed. He cleanly hit him. Now, LeBron immediately tried to show that sort of remorse and that apologies. That's not going to save him from a complete suspension, but it may have helped him only get one game for that because he was trying to show, listen, I didn't mean to do that. You know, we got tangled up, but you made the contact to the head. It was a clean, clear blow to the head that was obviously, you know, pretty bad there on Stewart. But, I mean, the fact that Stewart afterwards just kept going and kept going and kept going, I understand completely he was he was pissed off in the moment, but he should have also been able to be at least, you know, reeled in a little bit there. So uh, a bit of a concern for that, but, you know, an, an ugly uh, incident, obviously, and uh, there'll be some suspensions for those two guys and, and there'll probably be a few other fines handed out for the other guys there who were uh, instigating it. Because, you know, Stuart, he gets up and he goes at LeBron, but it doesn't really escalate until, as always, everyone piles in there and then it's like, mm. well, now we can't fight. He had a chance to throw a punch if he wanted to. He chose not to. Uh, but then it just escalated. And, and everyone, you know, it's like in hockey, uh, I think, isn't it, Tass? They have the third man in rule as the instigator. He often gets more uh, severely punished than the other guys because once that third guy comes in, then everyone sort of piles in. But, uh, yeah, LeBron's going for at least one, and I think Stewart gets two. Yeah, it was wild to see Stewart breaking tackles left and right there and pretending to be like, okay, okay, finally, I yeah, got it yeah. out of my system. Yeah. I'm done, all right, we're good. Yeah. And then, then he goes again. And so you laugh the first time, and then, okay, then he stops again. You're like, okay, he's finally settled down. And then he went really crazy when he sort of like yeah. circled around and he was just breaking tackles left and right and just trying to bull rush, uh, obviously, to get to LeBron or get closer to the Lakers. You had DeAndre Jordan playing defense. You had a bunch of Pistons Kate. staff members trying to take him down. You had Cade involved. Uh, uh, people have questioned Cade Cunningham's foot speed, but my God, <laughs> I mean, he was yeah. lateral speed to stick in front of Isaiah Stewart was freaking impressive. Yeah. Uh, I saw Vogel after the game. This is a quote, uh, Lakers coach Frank Vogel. LeBron had an elbow from Stewart to the ribcage, which was a foul, and he was trying to shed the contact, is what you were saying there, Lee. Mm. And he had incidental contact that was obviously enough for flagrant, too. So just wanted to point that out. Vogel saying, yeah, he deserved to be tossed, LeBron. I mean, whether he's just trying to, like, do the old get off me yeah. and punches, you know, strikes uh, Stewart in the face and drew a bunch of blood, whether you're st- you did it incidental or you know, accidental or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You hit the guy in the face. Deserved to be gone that game. I think it's fascinating. Him being LeBron James is some people say, no way Silver suspends him. It's LeBron James. I think their next game is uh, in At MSG Square yeah, against the Knicks. Okay. I with, I'm with you guys. I think he's deserving of one for this, and I think he, he will get it. But I understand why people are like, this is the golden boy test. The, the, the league is... The league's, he tried to apologize. He, 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 you know, again, he says it was accidental. It happens from time to time. But, um, yeah, I think the league will have to. I think they have to. 
give him. I hope he does. I, I hope he gets one uh, because you can't ju- you can't hit a guy in the face. And people saying, yeah, he he apologized immediately. It, it, he totally did. He looked back and he saw that he hit him in the face. And yep. maybe he didn't mean to hit him in the face, but he did. And that's what yep. matters more. And it, I don't think it was a totally bald fist. I don't think I think it was a bit of a loose hand, a loose hand when he did hit him. And it probably would have even hurt more if it was a fist. And if LeBron wanted to hit him harder, he could have. And he, he was apologetic. Uh, and maybe if Isaiah Stewart doesn't run around the court four times and doesn't for the, force the PA announcer to say, hey, 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 everybody calm down in this arena. This, we're not having a replay of 17 years ago. Yeah. Maybe the, uh, the discipline for LeBron James is different because it's, it was contained at first. Um, but it, it escalated. The image of the whole thing has to be adjudicated from the top. Like it's, it's an entire it's an entire scene. It's not just the the LeBron hit. So Isaiah Stewart's going to get some because he tried to escalate it, and it sucks because he's a good dude uh, by all accounts. And James Edwards just wrote about it on the Athletic. He comes to work. He, he or comes to to the arena. He, he trains hard, works hard. He stood over Blake Griffin a little earlier this season because he's, he's a daunting dude. And he can, he can physically battle LeBron James. That's how big he is. And that's why he got under LeBron's skin. And that's why I think LeBron's a winner of the weekend. He got lucky. He got lucky that they didn't throw down. And, uh, and it's good for him to, uh, to, to get the heck out of the way. And uh, he's got to, I think he just gets one. And um, he should. He should, okay. even if it's Madison Square Garden. Let's not take a long time. Let's not give him a suspension after the Madison Square Garden game. Can't hit a guy in the face. That's all. And Isaiah Stewart. I mean, if he didn't do anything, if he didn't, if he didn't uh, run around like uh, he was a football player, as Trey threw it on the tic tacs, uh, breaking tackles, then but, he doesn't get the games, right? I mean, yeah. he's, I think he's got to get two or three because of the scene that he created. Oh, mm. I think absolutely, you're right. If he if he gets hit like he did. He starts bleeding, and and even if there's that initial like, let me sort of get to him, like yeah. let me save face a little bit, and then that's it. No, he doesn't get a he doesn't get a game suspension at all. But he he multiple times tried to start a fight uh, or really wanted to pop off. Even to the pack, even to the fact when he went into the tunnel, Lily. Mm. I mean, he finally gets over there and then screams down the tunnel, and everybody, Corey Joseph included, and I know they talked mm. about it after the game. Everybody thought he was trying to find a way, like, back out onto the court, and he's going to come out by the Lakers bench or something like that. Like, he wasn't done, uh, you know, in his frustration. So, Not. yeah, he's. I think he just gets one, but, yeah, maybe Tass is right, and it's a, mm. a two or three for Isaiah Stewart. Did you think he was also going to make his way back out there? Oh, he was trying to, no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. We'd seen him already try to sort of turn around to do it on the court, and then he saw, there's one last chance I've got here. But I, I, I saw, I think they were sending police officers to that other side of the tunnel to sort of right. stop him from coming back out. But, you know, talking of big names, I mean, Michael Jordan got suspended for the fight with Reggie Miller. Uh, I think he also got suspended one time when he headbutted a referee in Utah. I think he got a game for that too. So uh, I don't think there's a, there's no way Dave, uh, Adam Silver can look at this and see the blood on Stewart's face and say that doesn't warrant a suspension, whether it was intentional or not. Yeah. He has to do it. and Because if he doesn't, then it is like, well, see, Lakers and LeBron, they get a free pass all the time. There's just no way in the world he escapes without a suspension from this. Yeah, I do see some people saying, whoa, the Lakers and Pistons, they play next Sunday. That's <laughs> what, maybe uh, four games? I don't have the schedule in front of me. Let's call it something like that, I'm sure, over the week. Maybe they'll suspend them for the entire week so they'll miss that game. Come on. Yeah, right. If anything, if the league is smart, you come down today. Maybe by the time you're listening to the podcast, we already know yeah. what their uh, their punishment is. 
You give him a game, you give him two, maybe three. I think that's a bit of a stretch. And then you want them back. People will be tuning in to Sunday. We want to see what happens when these guys play again. You do not sit them out. You do not keep them out. That's like the opposite of what you do for ratings. And nothing would happen, I think, anyway. I, I really don't. But maybe maybe something would, Trey. You think so? Next no, Sunday, both nothing them? would happen, no. but everybody would be so hyped the first yeah. time these two line up next to each other at the free throw line. It'll be the most exciting free throw in November <laughs> sports history, seeing these two go at it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems impossible to me that... LeBron would be suspended four games and miss the next Pistons game. Like, I will, I think he will be suspended against the Knicks. That's their next game. They have until tomorrow to figure it out, but anything more than that seems unlikely. And I think Stewart, one game sounds fine. Let's run it back on Sunday. Well, someone was saying that uh, Stewart was a boxer before he became a basketballer, too. Uh, It's his first uh, love, apparently, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So uh, that's an interesting little wrinkle to add to the story there, but. Listen, he oh, so chance. should we allow him to play in boxing gloves? Uh, Marcin Gortat thinks you should do that. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe for some of them, yeah. I, I hope when they uh, finally hand down the uh, suspension to Isaiah Stewart that they include that he played possum so perfectly. I mean, that was incredible. Yeah, the one, <laughs> the one was amazing. It's like, I bought it. I was like, okay, he's done. He's, he's, he's done, chill. right. Yeah. That's it, the best playing of possum in NBA history. It's got to be. Well, do you remember, I saw it going around Twitter last night. Do you remember a Charlie Villanueva, Ryan Hollins fight back in the day? Uh, The reason I brought it up is, Tassie might remember, he wasn't on the Raptors. I think he was on the Mavericks, uh, Charlie Villanueva at this point. But Or maybe, was it the Pistons? No, I can't remember. Um, They got into it, and then they got separated. And then Villanueva, he looked like he was totally chill. He's totally fine. And then... He just, like, broke free and, like, beelined to Hollins and tried to get at him. Similar to Stewart, but Stewart, mm. I mean, uh, it was, his was a better show, especially in throwing guys left and right. Guy's a big yeah. dude. I think uh, Marcus Camby did something similar, too, one yeah. time when he got into a fight. Hey, what about this fight? Remember this? <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is, like, if I wonder what happens if Stewart isn't bleeding. Like, was it the blood yeah. that really enraged That's a part of it. him? That's a lot of blood. It was yeah. a lot of blood. It was streaming. Head wounds bleed a lot. I was once playing a pickup game with this kid named Josh. I spun baseline on him. He fell and got, like, the tiniest rock right in the middle of his forehead, and he was just covered in blood. Oh. So, I mean, oh, yeah. on your face, those things just don't stop. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll cut it open Randy Orton-style Uh, for for Sunday's game come out at the free throw line just dripping blood let's go well I thought about wrestlers because when he first approached Braun right after getting hit the first time there was no blood it was dry yeah it it took a while for it to start dripping so if he went to the back immediately or somebody put a towel on it or something yeah yeah yeah. somebody yeah then the the announcers were screaming put a towel on that possum (laughs) put a towel on it they weren't saying possum Uh, but man I just I can't get over it like when I I've gone outside. I've seen a possum here in the Atlanta area. They're hanging out, you know, and they they go catatonic. They lie on their backs. I'm I'm not going anywhere. And then, boom. Uh, I mean, to do it over and over and over again. Yeah, Charlie V, he was probably pissed about someone stealing his toilet or something. If you remember that story, he got his toilet stolen. Uh, But Stuart, man, he looked calm. And then, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Crazy stuff. Okay, so a lot of us think both of them are getting suspended. Uh, I think one and one, a couple one and twos, maybe one and threes. Let's hear from you guys in the stream team, everybody chiming in. Leave your uh, leave your suspension predictions in the comments below. <laughs> it, who knows how fast we'll find out with this one. Okay, well, let's keep it going because, my goodness, I, I can't believe that was the opener. Well, after Lee's story. Uh, because what a weekend for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, sorry, they are definitely, well, they're a loser of the weekend. Maybe a winner of the weekend in some people's eyes. What a weekend, though. On Saturday, a fan seated courtside at the Jazz Kings game in Sacramento barfed all over his seat, his crotch, and the sideline with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter of what eventually would become a road victory for Utah. The uh, the puke, sudden puke, chased away the Jazz players uh, away from the visitor's bench, emptied the seats around them there, and it brought the game to like a good 10 to 15 minute halt. Uh, the metaphor, a little too on the nose, because then on Sunday, the Kings fired coach Luke Walton, just 17 games into his third season. Uh, Elvin Gentry is going to serve as the interim head coach. This comes as a surprise to, honestly, nobody. We've been talking about it since the start of the season. We were like, Luke Walton might be the only coach on the hot seat. And then we got that athletic report last week that's saying, yeah, he's still there, and he's not going to be given the same leeway as last season. You know, last season... They had like two nine-game losing streaks, and he was still there and still at his job at the start of this season. Kings are 6-11 and 11 to start it, and they've lost seven of their last eight. Um, so, I mean, Tass, it's, it's sort of an obvious question. Do you agree with Walton being fired? Was this deserving here after this rough start? What would you think? Were you surprised? Well, you said their record there, 6-11. Uh, Did you expect them to be that much better? Sure, maybe a couple games better. Uh, but Walton, his winning percentage over his uh, his few years is 431. That's the second best winning percentage of the 18 coaches the Kings have had since moving to Sacramento in 1985. So it's pretty good. Second best. <laughs> it's insane, I mean, that stat. That is yeah, really, is. really remarkable. Rick Adelman, obviously number one. And then, yeah, somehow Walton, too, despite not being good. <laughs> I mean, you the can biggest see why thing, the fan threw up all over the place. Yeah, so yeah. They've been puking for 15 years. <laughs> they want to they make the playoffs. They haven't made it since 2006. So is it Luke's fault a little bit? Yeah. But is the next coach and Alvin Gentry, who's uh, you know uh, essentially worked with every team in the league, is he going to pick them up over 500? I doubt it. I mean, the, the hope is going to be that they finish like 38 and 44. Maybe yeah. be the tenth seed. Tenth seed. That's the goal now. <laughs> That's the dream, baby. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the roster is the the bigger issue. And that's been rearing its ugly head for 15 years. And the John Hollinger point, I think, is a good one. Our John Hollinger pointed out, why fire him now when you could have given a coach a training camp? Yeah. Like it's six and eleven. What's the point? I mean, it's I don't I don't really get it. Yeah, that was the shocking part. That's that that caught us all by surprise, right, Trey? We were like, "Well, Luke Walton's still going to coach this team, but why?" But all right, give him seventeen games to show how shitty he is and uh, how uninspiring he is, and and then I guess we'll fire him. What do you think, Trey? Well, first and fo- foremost, I gotta shout out Jonathan McCarthy. Made me laugh in the stream team. I hate puke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. All You're right. not going to enjoy this segment, uh, but. I don't know. Like, literally this week I said that the Kings are going to make the play-in tournament and Luke Walton won't be fired. That was dumb. Uh, They did beat the Detroit Pistons. What a week for them. But there's no reason, I think, to fire Luke Walton for this season. I mean, obviously the Kings are bad. We knew the Kings were going to be bad coming into this year. They didn't really change their 
roster at all. They drafted yet another guard despite drafting a guard last year, despite their best player being a guard. They brought in more bigs, even though they got bigs who can't get on the court. They're actually better defensively this year. They're up to 23rd all the way from 30th. So it's kind of more of the same. And I agree with Tass. I agree with Hollinger. You should have just done it in the offseason. This was a waste of 17 games and maybe a waste of a season at this point. Yeah, Lee. I mean, this was, again, I remember us talking about it. Monty McNair did not hire Luke Walton, the Kings GM, um, and somehow decided, all right, well, let's try it again with him. Uh, He now gets to eventually pick his own guy again. Elvin Gentry's going to get a shot at it. Elvin Gentry's a great interim head coach. (laughs) He's done this like four times. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think he actually, because of the Western Conference sort of like teams at the bottom, I'm I'm convinced he will get them into the play-in tournament. They'll play one extra game and pretend that they made the playoffs. But uh, I think he will have an impact on them because he's a decent coach. But what do you make of the whole Luke Walton firing here? I mean, yeah, predictable, but also still weird somehow. Because it was like, yeah, why do it now? And at what point do you just basically turn around to the ownership and say, okay, Vivek, maybe you shouldn't be in charge here. Because this team has been a chaotic run since he's t- taken over. You know, we used to laugh at the Maloofs who were in charge thinking that Vivac would come in and uh, change things. And honestly, has it gotten any better? I, I would say it's gotten worse. More chaos, more drama, fewer wins, you know, not even really close to the playoffs. And here we are again in the same old situation. You've got De'Aaron Fox, your franchise guy, who's also having a bit of a tough season right now. So what is going to be the next move here? I think, I, I think you're right. Gentry can come in and maybe there's just a new voice and he changes a couple of things. They get a few wins and they see out the season. But this feels like that's what the Kings have honestly been doing now for 10 years where it's like, all right, let's just get through this season and then we'll make our moves in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't change anything. So there's obviously some talk amongst uh, some people. That, <laughs> I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but talking about maybe now the Kings are, are available for a Ben Simmons trade. Who knows? You know, a new voice in there and maybe just they want to change things up. But it's sad that it's just they can't seem to get out of their own way. And as John Hollinger also points out, in that article, you know, Vivek seems to always jump in and put his fingerprints on things and, 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 you know, make changes and decisions exactly at the times he shouldn't do that. So that's the, that's, I think the problem. If you've got an owner who gets in the way of things, then it really can't improve the whole franchise because the top voice, the, the, the person has the most influence and power can always just come in and say, no, I want it done this way or that way. And that must be very, very tough to work for someone like that. Because you, how much power do you really have to make those decisions? You know, you, you should, the, the best G, uh, best or organizations hire the best GM and the best basketball president uh, of operations because those guys are experienced and qualified at what they're doing. Whereas an owner can sometimes just say, well, I'm the owner, so I call the shots. And uh, I just think now you look at what's happened under Vivek Ranadive and the Kings are just absolutely maybe in a worse position than the Maloofs. I don't know. They just don't seem to be getting any closer to... I mean, we're talking about the play-in as like that That would be some sort of success for them. They should be right now with Fox and Heald and Halliburton be like, okay, eighth spot, no, yes, that's our, that's our absolute minimum. Mm-hmm. We should be aiming for home court advantage. You, you want to see some progression. There's been none, absolutely none for years and years now. Yeah, it is tough. The NBA though, man... What a sense of humor, right? The guy pukes on Saturday. Then Luke Walton, which everybody gets to immediately call Puke Walton, is fired the next day. And then the guy that overtakes his role as the coach, Elvin Gentry, has also puked before on the sidelines. Trey, I know you were sharing that clip on uh, on Twitter, I think, last night. It's like, 
you can't write this stuff, Tess. It's like, it's amazing. I, I, I was dying laughing at just puke Walton alone, and then Trey reminded me Elvin Gentry had puked on the sidelines before. It's the circle of puke, the circle of life here. So, um, Deep-fried avocados. I will never forget that Alvin Gentry got sick off of deep-fried <laughs> avocados. I don't do know. It. Yeah, uh, I think it probably would be delicious, but I strange to think how it holds up when you put it into the fryer. Gotta ask, Ziggy mentions, I honest to God think the pushing... The puking pushed it over the hill to firing him. <laughs> is this possible? Is uh, it like Vivek is like, hey. <laughs> yeah. We can't let our team be the puke team for an entire weekend. We got to fire our coach. Is it possible? Oh, so you're saying possibly then that guy wasn't just drunk, but they fed him some deep fried avocados. Made him <laughs> oh, Alvin Gentry did it then. And Gentry did it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're going to love these. Whoa, wow. I hadn't thought about that. He really wants that uh, Kings uh, head coaching title. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't Matt, know. Maybe. As Matt Fernando pointed out, they protected Luke from being called Puke Walton for well, the rest of the season, smart, as you yeah. said there. And then there's a connection to Atlanta as well. Uh, not only was there a puker in Atlanta a few years ago that That's we right. showed on the starters over and over and over again, yeah. but a basketball connection too. People are wondering, can this be the Nate McMillan scenario from last year with the Hawks where... You know, old school coach comes in, right. connects with the young point guard and De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young in that instance, and hopefully gets him to be better, uh, gets him to, to lead the team a little bit more, just just finds a voice that connects with him. Any any that, feeling on that? I, mean, I, well, I that, think that, so. I think they actually rebound here after this brutal start. I, I think... I think Gentry is, first off, a better coach than Luke Walton. He's not that great. X's and O's style, you know, Luke is. I think he was liked enough by his players, but they obviously had tuned him out. Like, you shouldn't be losing. If you're a decent team, Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you should ever be losing nearly 10 games in a row. I just don't in today's game. He almost did it twice last year, and then a 7 out of 8 this time, I mean, you're getting pretty damn close to it. Like, that just that shouldn't happen. No. And that a lot of that, I know the roster has its flaws. It's not an amazing team. But I, I still think when that when those like those streaks, those losing streaks become 7, 8, 9, 10... There's a little bit on the coach, in my opinion. Like you gotta, you gotta try something different, switch up rotations, inspire the guys to get a fucking yeah. win. And uh, it seems not happen a lot of the times. But sorry. Yeah, maybe no, no. not the greatest cosign when Tristan Thompson is saying we don't need a coach What's to motivate us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and Holland just sort of points out as well though. The only question is Gentry tends to be more an offensive-minded coach, and the Kings aren't. Bad. <laughs> it's their defense. Like they just last year, I think who said they're up to twentieth this season? Twenty third. Twenty third. Which sounds which sounds like an improvement, but yeah, you're still basically you oh, know, yeah. out of, well out of the playoffs with a defense like that. So that's where they need to improve. They need to be able to show a bit of toughness on the defensive end because I think they have got the offensive power to at least win a few games, but it doesn't matter. If guys just walk into the paint, hit threes whenever they want, and and you can't stop them, and you seemingly don't even try to. Yeah, and we'll see if uh, you know the firing here of Walton bringing Gentry in also has. And you brought it up, Lee. Does McNair look to make a move here now? Is this just like sort of like the first little domino, and like we're just stuck in the mud here? Let's switch it up. Whether that is a, a Ben Simmons trade, whether it's some other trade out there that we haven't even thought of, it's possible, I guess. Um, you know, at a certain point. He's fresh and new there, relatively speaking, McNair, but he's also a job that you can lose, uh, especially with Vivek as, your, uh, as the, your owner there. So we will see. Any other final thoughts uh, on the uh, puke gate or, or Walton? <laughs> no? Oh, I do have a question with this puke guy. Just take it back there. 
Uh, sorry to that one guy that doesn't want to talk about puke. <laughs> sorry, John. Uh, <laughs> that guy, he like really had a lot of puke in him first off. Like that was a lot of puke. And he just sat there. And I was just like curious, like what's the play, Tass? Like you're, you're not feeling well. You've had too much to drink, I'm sure. You're sitting courtside. And you empty your guts right there on the sidelines. Do you just sit there? Do you try and clean it up yourself a little? Like that guy, maybe he was really out of it. And I know he was escorted out of the building. But what do you do? Put yourself in that guy's uh, stomach. <laughs> and uh, what, what do you do? What do you do? Stomach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't let anybody touch my puke. I clean that shit. Yeah, I thought uh, that I, was weird. I, yeah, I do it, man. I'm, I don't know. Maybe With it's the what? Canadian in me. Well, with get what? some towels. I find yeah. some napkins, man. Yeah, yeah. I find a cup, a scooper in there. I, oh, <laughs> oh. No, you don't. Yes, I that do. That was a Every low time. chance. No yeah, chance. hundred percent. You're getting not, down on not, your hands and knees to clean up your own puke sitting courtside. I'm taking a picture of my shoes, putting it on Instagram, and leaving. <laughs> Two thousand likes hey, easily. I mean, that's probably a good play. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, how many napkins that. are you gonna have? How many napkins do you think it would it take to cl- to oh. clean that mess of puke up? And you're no, just going to casually have that sitting well, there? Listen, I, mean, I needed a wet, a wet vac for that. Yeah, there's a yeah. Swiffer guy sitting at below the below the rim, like 30 feet away. Come sweep this up. No, Hold on, let me no, get a no. Photo if real you watch quick. the clip, even the Swiffer guy's like, he looks at it and he looks at his Swiffer. He's like, this ain't going to fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just going to push it around everywhere. He literally looks at it like, yeah, no, we need towels. Yeah. There's the the sticky rug, the, uh, the, the sticky mat where people, uh, the you know, Basketball players clean their shoes. Shove it under there with the Swiffer. I mean, do something. Uh, there was. Uh, I, I, I I don't know if it's Canadian in me. Like I don't know what you guys. Are, I I have to. I would. I just can't. I, I, I go to a restaurant with my little freaking baby. She throws food everywhere. I can't just let that shit sit there. Right. I clean it to like so it's like respectable. Uh, <laughs> I would make a nice pile of my puke. Pile up so it's easy to get rid of. Uh, I said, uh-huh. uh, we're, we're all going down to the Hawks game tonight, Lily. I said, one of my pick and payoffs, maybe I just got to get trashed tonight, eat some deep fried avocados and puke while I'm in the arena. <laughs> but see, at least then you've got a scapegoat, haven't you? You say, oh, it was that last deep fried avocado. Something wrong. I knew there was something wrong with that. You know, right. you've got to try to play the sympathy card. And then I think Tass is partially right here because you at least pretend... You want to clean? No, no, no. Let me. No, it's yeah, okay. We've yeah, got right. staff to do it. No, no. It, please, it's mine. Just you want to? Okay, okay. Should be able because if he sits there and he's showing no inclination to do anything, that's when it's like, all right, get out. You've got to pretend you're helping. It was an accident. Blame someone else. Oh, you know, like you've got to try to have someone say, okay, he didn't mean it. He's not that bombed. And then you maybe get to sit out. I mean, you're courtside seats. You're paying a bomb for those yeah, seats. At least you it was want to the see fourth quarter. The you made it yeah, made yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love the Rudy Gobert quote after the game, too, talking about how he made eye contact with them yeah. and stuff like that, and everybody freaking out. Ah, oh, what a moment. Okay, let's, yeah. uh, let's... Maybe he had a fake seat. Like, he was with... Uh, he had a burner to get into the arena, and he couldn't sit. He couldn't stand Mick. up or else. Oh, no. Mick got him in. Yeah, Mickey. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, just quickly here with uh, a few other losers. Trey, who do you have for a loser of the weekend? Yeah, mathematically biggest loser of the weekend, the Memphis Grizzlies. They trailed by 45 against the Timberwolves. Ended up losing by 43, which is the worst margin of defeat for any team this season. Post-game Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins said they punked us tonight. I was looking for Ashton Kutcher out there. In three seasons, it's probably one of the least competitive games we've ever had. It's completely unacceptable. I ran the numbers. Eighth worth, eighth worst loss in franchise history. And the Grizzlies' worst loss since their all-time worst loss 
which was a 61-point defeat in 2018. Now, that's a loss right there, but Timberwolves could be a winner in this one, but when the Grizzlies lose, they straight-up lose. They're 8-8 eight and eight right now. Five of their eight losses are by 20 or more, and that loss against the Timberwolves didn't help their defensive rating. They're currently last after finishing sixth last season, which is a huge worry because if you give up that many points, you're bound to get blown out a whole bunch more times. This seemed like it was going to be a step-back season for Memphis, going from Valanchunas to Steven Adams. But it did not feel like they were going to suddenly become the worst defensive team no. in the league. Very no. weird stuff from the Grizzlies. Yeah, probably deserving there of a loser of the weekend. Finally, Lee, who do you got? Yeah, well, I'm going to uh, the Denver Nuggets because their season is also uh, – maybe starting to unravel a little bit there, and it could get a lot worse before it gets better. Skeetsy, you talk about, a, you know, any team shouldn't lose 10 straight. Well, they've lost four straight, Denver, and eight of their next nine are on the road, and their only home game in between is against Milwaukee. But here's the real concern for Denver. Nikola Jokic has missed the last two games with a wrist injury. Mm-hmm. His return is unclear, uh, probably not a long-term issue, but Michael Malone said he had no timetable for his return the other day. So that's a bit of a concern there for the Nuggets. And now the Denver Post is also reporting that Michael Porter Jr. could potentially miss the entire season with that back injury he's yeah. been suffering from. Look, he was struggling anyway this season. So to me, it's unlikely that these two things are not connected because, you know, playing bad, sore back, the way he was moving around, I think you could see that he wasn't really uh, getting around too easily. So if he's gone, Denver's in big trouble because any team that loses one of their best three players is, is going to struggle. If you lose two of your best three players, that's even harder. And if you lose all top three of your best players, Jamal Murray obviously still with no real timetable for when he's coming back. The Nuggets are going to really struggle. Now, they hung in against the uh, Chicago Bulls on, on Friday night, had a good game. Last night against the uh, Phoenix Suns, though, they gave up the most points in one quarter this season with 48 in the first. But So it's going to be very tough for them, obviously, with these players out. But even when Jamal Murray comes back, I mean, you can't expect him to walk in there and just save this team. They need to find more competitiveness from the guys who, who, uh, who are still playing, you know, in Barton and, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of their team. They're just not showing that right now and again four losses in a row massively tough stretch coming up here uh denver could find themselves in a real hole in 10 games or so from here and uh that's not very good for a team that has championship aspirations yeah yeah that's a good one all right so there it is our losers of the weekend let us know who we missed we're gonna take our first break pay the bills around here but when we come back a little positive pete's and our winners of the weekend I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. 
This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Lily, you brought up Christmas. Look what showed up in my mailbox this weekend. Oh. <laughs> the Hamburg wow. Slammer Catalog! Wow. Look at that beautiful Christmas tree. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Nice cover. Nice. So you know I'll... Uh, be hitting you guys with some gift recommendations, the craziest things in this magazine once we get into December. I guess last year I picked a gift for each of you. I think yeah. I switched it up a bit. Might have to do that again. We will see. Crazy shit in this stuff. It's wild. Who buys this crap? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get to our NBA weekend winners. Trey, why don't you get started? Who's big winner? Well, it's a big week for eating, Skeetsarino. <laughs> I hope y'all are hungry because I whipped up a special recipe. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 20 rebounds. Euros? Venison? Turkey? We want the beef. <laughs> That's a lot of roast beef, which is rebounds. Little Thanksgiving week beef for you. 20 rebounds Saturday night in the win for Giannis, the player against the Magic. That's our ninth big beef of the season, the seventh 20-plus rebound of Giannis's career. But it wasn't just those beautiful beefy board skeets. 32 points for Giannis as well. Went 8 of 16 from the field. 15 of 23 from the line. He added five assists, two steals, and three blocks. He played 30 minutes and 22 seconds in this game. <laughs> According to Elias Sports, that's the fewest minutes played by anyone who's posted 30, 20, and five assists, and that's a lot of production. And that's why Giannis is now climbing up that basketball reference MVP tracker. He's sixth right now. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the Bucks have won three straight now that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are back. They're nine and eight. Brooke Lopez seems to be getting closer to returning. He told Shams that he at least has a target in mind for when he wants to get back. So, you know, the Bucks were bad there for about a week and a half, and it feels like that time has passed now. Back to MVP-style Giannis, back to the defense, back to stacking up Ws. Yep. I'm glad you brought up him uh, being sixth there on the uh, basketball reference MVP tracker. I check every day. 
Because I still can't believe Paul George is not in the top 10. It's like really mind-boggling to me. He's still not there. Uh, but like you said, the Greek freak climbing the ranks there. What a monster game. Tass, I don't know if, if you have anything to add to this. It's just like, he just, this is becoming sort of like pretty common for him, these type of insane stat lines. It is, it is nuts. I was excited to watch the footage of the rebounds that Trey put together because I just assume a Yanni's beef would be a little bit different than a regular guy's beef. A regular <laughs> beef to get to 20, there's a lot of just, hey, I'm in the right yeah. position. Just grab it. And then there was one in there for Yanis, but there's a lot of beefy beefs in there as well. Because Yanis goes and gets them. Uh, he always does that. And mad respect to Trey for pronouncing it Yeros instead of Jairos. Um, but yeah, mad, on, mad, no fool. Uh, mad Greek beef talk here in the stream team. Love it. Love some Euros talk, some beef techie talk. Yeah. Well, we know we know how you feel about ham, Trey, and that you will not be serving it this Thanksgiving. Uh, but what about beef? Just straight up beef. <laughs> Just like a side of beef? Sure. <laughs> uh, honestly, I want to learn how to make a Philly cheesesteak at home. <laughs> like make a really good version of it. So who knows? Ooh, Maybe I'll devil. slice okay. it all up and serve it hot. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Lee, who do you have for an Hi, NBA Steve. weekend winner? <laughs> I have the Golden State Warriors because the uh, rich seem to be getting richer here mm. for the Warriors. Two wins over the weekend uh, against the Pistons on Friday night, and then against the Rappies there last night. And on the surface, we shouldn't just say, well, you know, the Rap, the, the uh, Warriors win. But if you dig a little deeper there, uh, I think you'll find it was pretty impressive, especially Friday night. No Steph, no Draymond Green, no Andre Iguodala. Last year when Steph didn't play in the nine games, the Warriors went 2-7. and seven. But the Warriors on Friday got major contributions from Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Uh, in fact, in both games over the weekend, those guys were really good. I'll start with Jordan Poole because... He came in with a fair bit of hype, and he was a little bit erratic to start the season. His shot selection was a pretty poor, pretty ordinary. But over the weekend, 23 for 35 from the field, including 12 for 19 from three in those two games. And he's shown a lot of growth in that area this season already. Anthony Slater has a really good write-up on him, just showing how his shot selection is just a little bit better. He's showing a little bit more patience. He's getting to his spot, getting his feet set, all those things that help you take better shots. And I think you're seeing... The rewards from that already. Last night against the Raptors, I'm sure you guys saw it there, Skeetsy and Tassie, eight for 11. Incredible. I mean, you know, yeah. really looked great out there. So, and and I, the reason, again, I bring he and Wiggins up is because Steph played last night, but it was obviously wasn't Steph's best game. He's got this hip problem. He set out the game against Detroit. It's apparently has been bothering him for a while. So, you know, if Steph is forced to miss a few more games, which he may do, especially as they're winning and the Warriors probably probably want to think long-term and give him a few games off, it must be very good for Steve Kerr to feel confident in some guys who have been inconsistent throughout their Warriors career because Andrew Wiggins is in the middle of one of his little streaks here. Yep. The last five, five of his last six to seven games, he's been really good. Over the weekend, he averaged in the two games 29 points on 58% from three. Three-point range there. And... You know, watching back on the highlights and the recaps of these games, Draymond Green is really looking for him, passing to him confidently. And I think that's a huge sign for Wiggins' confidence and just for the Warriors where they're like, we can trust him to hit these shots. Now, uh, you know, as I mentioned, that they, they weren't good last season without Steph. And uh, how long Wiggins can keep this streak up because we've all seen it before. You know, he goes through these moments and... Mm-hmm. 
the scoring still sort of compensates for the fact that he doesn't really do a whole lot else. And if you look at his season in terms of his rebounds are down, his assists are down, blocks and steals, there's never really been much there. They're about the same as always. So what I'm trying to say to anyone out there looking to invest in Wiggins Island for Thanksgiving or Christmas, yeah. buyer beware. Because uh, <laughs> Wiggins looks great What are you saying? Right I'm Mick? Oh, come <laughs> yeah, exactly, on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Trust me. It's, come it's, on it's over to Wiggins sort of, Island. Uh, pyramid scheme where you just sort of like do it. Is this guy actually really good? And again, when he's scoring and shooting and attacking, I mean, going to the basket like yep. he does, that that allows him to not necessarily do other things on the court because he's really contributing there. But uh, I'm just not sure it can it can cope. But again, for the Warriors, big picture to see them play like this. And the Pistons actually nearly extended this game on Friday night. A, uh, a crazy shot. Frank Jackson rimmed out, sort of bobbled mm-hmm. out. They had a couple of chances, couldn't get it. Anyway, they won those two games. Clay Thompson is apparently doing five-on-five five work. So uh, his return, I believe, is January, which will be incredible for the Warriors if they can get him come back and to play at any sort oh, of... There, there's rumors level. he wants to get back before Christmas. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But the fact is, whatever happens, whether he comes back Christmas or in January, he's got you know four or five months here to really get himself ready for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Warriors, everything is looking really, really good, except for this you know possibly... Uh, you know, hip injury that Steph's got. But uh, for now, it doesn't seem to be a major factor. Tass, I know you're high on Wiggins and the weekend he just had, or I guess the run that he's on. I'm high on it, uh, especially after our talk on Friday, when we talked about him getting to 20,000 points for his career, which would be the first time a non-All-Star got to 20,000 points. And that's why I want to talk about him being an All-Star this season. Oh, boy. He's averaging 19 points per game. But the biggest thing is the Warriors are 15 and 2. If they can continue this pace, Curry, Draymond Green, locks. But they don't have a third lock. Obviously, it's not going to be Klay Thompson because he's coming back late. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Jordan Poole, especially because Klay Thompson is going to come take his spot. It would be Andrew Wiggins. And I understand that Wiggins is, you know, uh, he fluctuates. He's a roller coaster, but he's really helping out on the defensive end as well. And. If they have a record where, where you know where it's undeniable that they need a third guy in there, he would be the one. It's it's far fetched for sure, but um, when you look at the the guys that he'd be competing with at a forward spot, there's some openings this year. There's some openings because there's there's a, there's losing teams out there. Jokic would still be there. Draymond would have to be there before Wiggins. Rudy Gobert, Paul George. Then you get into the LeBron, Anthony Davis. I'll probably both be there because they they'll they'll jump up in the standings and then there's Cat on a losing team. There's really not much else because Zion Williamson is hurt this year and so there's a slim chance. Mm-hmm. There's a slim chance, uh, especially if teams are going to play the Warriors like uh, Nick Nurse and the Raptors did, while you're trying to double Curry and see if the other guys can beat you. His, he should get to twenty points per game, um, but yeah, you never know. It could drop off for sure. Um, I think no doubt he gets to 20,000 points for his career. And, uh, yeah, Lee brought up, would he be the best player ever to not make an all-star game in the Jamal Crawford, Jason Terry, Rod Strickland category? He would be in that category. I don't think anyone ever wins that race. I don't think you ever say, (laughs) Jason Terry, that's the guy. Jamal Crawford, that's the guy. Uh, He would be among them. But there's a chance, again, because we've seen this this team go 73-9, and and it was a different era, but, I mean, they're playing so great together yeah Steph is out with the hip injury if James Harden's butt uh, is the one that sends Steph to the bench for several games because he took a charge on James Harden last week and that's why the the hip is bugging him 
And that would be that would be that would hurt. That would hurt for sure. They have to have a great record, but there's a shot. There's a shot. This shot, Wiggins Island is hopping in February, Skeets, because uh, there's there's a chance. There's a chance there. Yeah, it's in play. Look, if they have like we said it on Friday, if they have like five or six losses at the All Star break, they probably will get three All Stars. And you're right, it's going to be Poole or Wiggins, and I think Wiggins right now would get the nod over over Jordan Poole, especially when you bring into the equation Clay Thompson coming back, which is a possibility maybe before Christmas if he starts playing five on five with these guys. Um, it's in play. It's wild to think, but. You know, it is Wiggins. Uh, he, he's, he's done this in Minnesota before. He's even had a little flashes with the Warriors. He can, he can fall off quickly. But right now, I mean, they can't lose. It's like, I almost felt bad for the Raptors last night. It's like, I mean, it's a decent game plan. <laughs> Try and take Curry out of the game. Let the other guys beat you. We always say that. Anybody but the star guy. Like, force the other guys to beat you. And they did. They couldn't miss from three. Poole and Wiggins and, and the rest of the co there. And Draymond Green is, like, just playing elite defense right now. He... He is sort of running away with Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think that's a stretch, uh, just with the numbers they're putting up and then just how instrumental he is there. Um, so good for him. And he would definitely be the second All-Star along with Curry if we get to that or when we get to that. I have a few other mini winners. I can chuck them in here, guys. Uh, and let's hear from everybody in the stream team, too. Jason Tatum and the Celtics, good weekend. In two wins over the weekend, Tatum averaged 35 points per game on 50% shooting. That three ball is starting to fall. He hit four versus the Lakers on Friday night, six versus OKC in their second game. Chipped in nine and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, one and a half steals, block per game, doing a little bit of everything. And Boston now, Tass, has like pushed their record to over 400. Yep, we said the Celtics are coming. Got off to a rough start there. Uh, But Schroeder playing well, smart playing better. And no Jalen Brown still, of course. Here they come. I think they're they're turning into what we sort of expected over the last uh, couple weeks after their brutal start. And big Grant Williams. He's their new P.J. Tucker. He's, he's open in the corner, baby, and he's shooting it. He's 55% from the corners, 32 from above the break, and two-thirds of his shots are three balls. He just shoots three balls. He averages 7.5 points per game. He's the new P.J. Tucker. They love it. Uh, also a mini winner of the weekend to Damian Lillard. Broke out of his season-long slump. Had his best game. 39 points in a win over the Sixers on Saturday night. Shot 10-21 from the field. Made all 14 free throws. He had not been to line that many times all season long. And the Blazers, uh, I know we slipped it in last week, continuingly to close the game with Larry Nance Jr. at the center position instead of Nurk. I think it's the third straight game they've done that. I mean, Nurk was pissed off. He got two quick fouls near the end of the game and like sort of flipped out and had a bit of a temper tantrum, a little temper boy going on. But Billups asked about it after. He's like, I just want to win games. And if this is our best way forward, then, then we're going to continue to do it. And it is working. And, and it was nice to see Lillard. I, I was starting to see those Lillard bombs. Like he was like three or four feet behind the line and those things were starting to drop. Yeah, I mean, Lillard was never going to stay in a slump forever. Uh, he clearly got off to the season in a, in a bad way, but he will drag the Blazers to enough wins where they'll be in that 8th to 10 spot somewhere along the lines because he's just that good. He can do it. And I think what you see with Nance coming in there for Nurk, it's just a different look. You've got a you know guy a little bit more athletic. He can spread the floor a little bit, doesn't clog the paint. That sometimes can work against Nurk because he's not maybe as agile and as mobile as Nance. So, and also, when you're Chauncey Billups and you've been struggling, you do just have to say, all right, I'm just trying this. And if it works, 
you've run with that for a few yeah. games. That's yeah. that's just the way it goes. Like sometimes you don't plan those things. And Nurk has to understand, like, you know, if, if that's your position that's a bit vulnerable, make it so it's not vulnerable. But uh, like I say, Nance just gives them a little bit more athleticism than uh, than Nurk gives them. But, uh, you know, Nurk is important to their success. So he'll be around still, but maybe he just has to... Carlos Boozer these uh, next few games here for the Blazers if they're winning. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it was nice to see uh, Lillard pop off there for the 39. Uh, and my final mini winner of the weekend, I don't know if you guys have any other ones. Uh, the Suns have to get a mention here because they've won 12 straight. They had two more over the weekend, obviously, uh, extending that winning streak. They defeated the Mavericks and the Nuggets. Lee brought it up. Sunday's victory, uh, really impressive. They scored 48 points in the first 12 minutes of the game. They just buried Denver right out of the gate. They haven't lost since October 27th <laughs> against the Kings when Harrison Bards hit like a three-pointer at the buzzer. So, you know, sort of a wild loss there. Longest winning streak for the franchise since winning 17 straight during the 06-07 season back in the day. And now, now it's going to like... I can't wait to see if they can keep this going because they have a four-game road trip tray where they play the Spurs, the Cavs, and then sort of that double header in the state of New York. They got the Knicks and the Nets. So I think it's going to be difficult for them to go to, what, uh, 16 straight? But they are locked in. Everybody contributing. The only bad thing is Kaminsky's going to be out for a couple of games. Uh, no! I know, Frank the Tank. Uh, they don't really know what the update is on him yet. But yeah, they look awesome. Everybody that's playing. They better least. stretch it out to 15 straight wins. They should be able to beat the Spurs, Cavs. The Knicks will be a tough game, I think. Mm-hmm. But we want to see them riding a 15-game winning streak going into Brooklyn, who's also been playing really well. You know, they're up there for one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. That would be a nice little finals preview to see uh, right there. What I guess that is the last weekend of November. A little early to be talking finals preview, but I think Nets versus Suns is certainly... Uh, certainly feasible. You play. Know, the, Suns just, yeah. the Suns just look like a perfectly good professional basketball team. They've got awesome offensive players and they play defense. So they're there for every single game. Yep. Uh, any other uh, mini winners you guys want to chuck out there? You see, saw one in the stream team that uh, piqued your interest. Tass, anything? Well, the oh, Bulls, sure. of course, are winners oh, of the yeah. weekend. Another two wins. They beat the Nuggets on Friday, came home and bing-bonged the Knicks on <laughs> Sunday, sitting first place in the Eastern Conference. They went 8-4 and four against 12 playoff hopeful teams, and most of those came without their starting power forward and their starting center. See you in the conference finals. I, I like what that about- people, people were reminded that Derek Jones Jr. can fly. Sure. I always like when that happens. It's maybe been a while since he threw down an incredible dump, but that one on Friday night versus the Nuggets, where he took off from, yeah, and then just skies was awesome. I know Zach Levine had a big one in that too. Sorry, I cut you off there, Lily. Is that what no, you're no, say? that I was. I was just going to bring that up. Uh, I mean, Derek Jones Jr. seems to have found a role here too. Uh, start of the season, he wasn't really playing many minutes, but since he's come in, since Vooch has been out, he's been active at both ends of the floor. And all you got to do when you're him, if you don't even have much of a game, just do that. Run to the rim. You're athletic, you can catch those lobs, and you can finish. And, yeah, the overhead camera view of that one is oh. wild from where he picks it up and, and, and launches to take off. And then, you know, it's great he does a little hang on it as well. Like, all that stuff just adds to it. It was uh, incredible athleticism. Any other uh, winners, Tess? Yeah, I'll just throw one in there. I'm sick of talking about numbers, but let's talk about one more. Rudy Gobert has an active NBA record. No one has done more than 50 consecutive games shooting 50% or better. He's got 51 shooting 50% or better. It's a little surprising. I know where he gets his shots. They're all dunky dunks, but kind of surprising that somebody else has, like a Wilt Chamberlain or somebody Mm -hmm. didn't do it. So that's a record 
that no one cares about, I guess. I guess that's why it's only come up now. Uh, he's yeah, 51 shooting 50% or better. That's good, I guess. That's <laughs> not bad. Very efficient, no <laughs> doubt. Way to go, Rudy. Keep it up. All right, those are our winners of the weekend. Just like losers, let us know who we missed. Let us know in the comments below the vid or, of course, here in the stream team. We got a fun tweet of the night where we're going to encourage a lot of participation from everybody joining us live. We've got pick and results, but our final break. Lee, have you had a chance to uh, listen to the new Adele album yet? No, I haven't actually. No, I, th- I think I've heard one song on the radio, but not the uh, not the entire album. No. Okay. I just thought being in England, maybe you hearing it everywhere when you're over there. Guess not. No, no, no. I think she's. Uh, I mean, she's based in California, isn't she? These days with uh, Big Richie. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, I'm, um, I'm not listening to the I'm not listening to the transistor. I while thought I'm you moving. loved Adele. <laughs> I do, I do. I just haven't gotten around to. Well, listening she has a new album. I thought you would have listened yeah. to it on the flight over. Why, why is that a crazy question? Heard one song on the radio. That's it. Yeah, thought you were nah, a real fan. All. You're a fake fan. Yeah. Okay, we, we figured it out. Couldn't get tickets to see her when she was in Atlanta, unfortunately. Oh. A little too heavy on the old uh, secondhand market as well. So people know Adele. Uh, now you Straight. got your hookup though. You got Mick. Ah, yeah. Nick knows somebody over here. Get a couple phones out of it. Uh, I'm sure you figure it out. Okay. So let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, Tweet of the Night. A little interesting here, a little different, I guess. Um, back to the little fracas there between Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James on Sunday in Detroit. Uh, a lot of people were uh, almost pointing out like it's a it's unfortunate they play at Little Caesars Arena now because when we had Ron Artest going bonkers back in the day with the Pistons and Pacers, it was termed the Malice in the Palace, which is damn good, uh, very memorable. So people were like, well, what do we what do we call this? What can we come up with? And I thought Twitter did a decent enough job with what we're working with to try and like label this. I'll share a few of my favorites. Anybody in the stream team maybe has a better one. Maybe you guys do too. So last night's Stewart versus LeBron sort of a uh, little battle there. Kalen Boykin said, big trouble in Little Caesars. Okay. Oh, <laughs> pretty good. That's yeah. really good. I thought that was yeah. the best. That was the best one I saw. Uh, Dylan said... Well, I mean, if it, if, it, if it works, if it's not broken, why fix it, basically? Malice in the Pizza Palace. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Schumann, you, you ever heard of him? He said, a little different take. He said, beef stool, <laughs> excuse me, beef stew <laughs> boils over. Mm. So and less less about the actual incident in the arena, mm. but what would you maybe call this? Beef stew boils over. I think that's pretty good. Spencer says... The pleaser at Little Caesars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, laying, on the, laying on the cheesers there, bud. Yeah, nice. Uh, Q said the melee at the LCA. Right, I've never heard it called the LCA, but sure, Little Caesars <laughs> Arena. And and this one, I think Jeremy is on to something here, sticking with the pizza theme, of course, in the uh, Little Caesars Arena. He just said, why don't we just call it hot and ready? <laughs> <laughs> I like this from Ethel Warrior who beefs that up a little bit. Hot and ready to rumble. That's pretty good. That's, That's a nice a addition. Yeah, hot nice and ready one. to rumble. Okay. Any, Lee, anything else come to mind? What about the fracas at the Zars? 
Caesars. <laughs> yeah, not well, really. When but... you say it the way you say it, it's not bad. The fricas. Birdo eats kind of a rhyme that doesn't necessarily work as well. Fisticuffs oh, at the yeah. pizza crust. Okay. okay. Yeah. What? I mean, if the, yeah, there would have been something if they actually threw yeah. punches because there would be like something with the pizza box, like boxing in the yeah. box or something like that. Uh, but really, nothing happened. If you think about it, so so Battery says, what about the teaser at the Caesar? Mm, that's not bad either. That's pretty good, because really nothing ultimately happened. <laughs> not bad. I, I, I just saw Caesar's Malice. That's kind of good, because yeah. play on Palace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is good. This is good. Still with the, who always brings uh, the gems here, the bloody Caesar. that's really good okay so lots of uh, suggestions here in the stream team Uh, if you've thought of one a little bit later tweet at us at nodunksync or leave it in the YouTube comments below the vid pick up results Friday night it was the Lakers Celtics Celtics were favored by two and a half LeBron was back we weren't sure at the time of picking he was 50-50 I remember when we were making our Friday morning picks and he came back and played and didn't matter Celtics win Pick them brought to you by BetMGM. So that's a win for Tass, who goes to 12-3 and three on the what? month of November. What a run you're on. Uh, I improved to 7-8. and eight. Trey falls to 7-8, and eight, so we're tied. And Lee falls to 9-6, and because you had the Lakers, too. So uh, this is big. Um, you know, a couple ga- about a week of games left here in the month of November for us. Don't have a couple shows later this week because of Thanksgiving. So we're running out of dates here, and it's tight at the bottom. Tass, what's our game tonight? Well, as you mentioned, we're going down to watch the Hawks play the Thunder. Everybody but Lee. Hopefully his bud can get us some tickets. Uh, um, it's uh, it's a huge spread. That's why it's always fun to pick these. Hawks are favored by 10.5 over the Thunder. Ooh. And uh, Splitsville. Actually, no, three of us. That's how we had. We had a, we had a late switch up by Trey. Yep. Late remix. Late remix. So three of us on the Hawks test. Trey Lee, I guess I could say Trey Lee and myself. I'm just reading it, so that's why I said test Trey <laughs> sure. Lee. And uh, Skeets is going OKC. Why the flip up there, Trey? Uh, I'm looking forward to cheering against Shea Gilgis Alexander tonight. You son of a bitch. I see he's listed as questionable, which I is know. the real reason. If he doesn't play, I think the Hawks are looking pretty good. Also a tough schedule here for OKC. I think it's their third road game in four nights. So, who knows? I want to be cheering for the home team while we're down there. And, you know, it'd be nice to get one on Skeetsy here with a little swervation. Yep, that's right. I like that we're on opposite sides here. That makes it very exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not feeling good if Shea doesn't play, which is uh, in play, like you said. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. But, hey, Dort's been balling, so uh, save me, Dort. Let's do this. Let's <laughs> keep it close. I don't care about a win, Thunder. I really don't. I just need you to lose. By less, well, 10 points, basically. 10 or less, and I would get the victory. All right, lots of games on tonight. Um, I know your Bulls are in action again, Trey. Pacers, Bulls, and we got the uh, Sixers, Kings. We'll see if uh, Sacramento Kings can pick up a victory there. What would you think, Lee? Do you think they win tonight? They play the shorthanded Sixers. They're at home. Elvin Gentry first game. Do, do they get that bump? Yeah, because the Sixers are on a long road trip too. Yeah. So uh, I think they're at the end of it there and a bit of you know, a bit of a bad trot themselves here. So, yes, I think the new coach bump works here for the Kings and they win by six points. I think you're probably right. Okay, so lots of games on. We'll be back tomorrow <laughs> to break them all down here on No Dunks. Join us live at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. Thanks again to everybody joining us live here in the stream team. Send in your questions, nodunksattheathletic.com. Email them in. 
NBA, non-NBA questions, you can tweet them in too, at No Dunks Inc. And get yourself an athletic subscription. I believe there's quite the deal going on for new subscribers right now. If you've been dragging your feet, a dollar a month? I think I have that right. So go to theathletic.com slash no dunks and get yourself a subscription. Get yourself a subscription. Get one for somebody else too. A deal too good to pass up. So Lee, what do you got uh, on tap here for tonight in England? Going to catch up with a few guys I used to work with down at the Boozer just after the show here. And uh, and then uh, not being put off by uh, Saturday evening's events at Anfield. Word on the group chats is we've got tickets to uh, Champions League game Tuesday night at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea versus Juventus. So, uh... <laughs> Juventus. <laughs> massive right, game. Juventus. Massive. massive Top game. of the table clash. Yeah. So, so who will you be cheering for when you go to that one? Well, see. Come on. Not a big Chelsea fan, I'll be honest. So Juventus, oh. but I'll be at, I'll be at Chelsea. So I sort of have to keep my Juventus shirt under wraps oh. a little bit there, I think. So yeah, I've been to more Chelsea games than any other team because I have a good friend who's a season ticket holder. Oh, okay. He couldn't come through for tickets on this one, but uh, we've had we have well, our maybe he was tired of we giving you tickets to uh, to the game that you don't even cheer for the home team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could have been a factor. There's yeah. no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt. But uh, I'll have a word to Mick the Scouse and see if he's got any hookups here at Chelsea. So. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, why not? If there's any Chelsea season member holders, uh, ticket holders in the stream team, help your boy out. All right. Throw him a bone. Holler at Lee Lee. Okay, you said that's Tuesday night, though. Tonight you're just. That's uh, Tuesday night, yeah. Tonight's some Guinness uh, with the boys, are you? I'm down at, uh, down at Chase's with the lads. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, have a blast, Lee Lee. Uh, I know you're expected to be back tomorrow. We'll see you all then. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, every time I hear a calm ad, I think of our boy, Calm Stewart, who should get sponsored by Calm because he, he needs to relax. He's always on the uh, I was going to say, there's nothing calm about Cam Stewart. Yeah. I used to be red heat and rage, but now I'm calm. Thanks to calm.com slash stew. Oh, it's good. Embrace the day, people.